Party Pal, the mind-making film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the Party Pal as part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com and check out the vast array of podcasts they have to offer. I'm Michael Shields, and I have with me oft-contributor to To the Party Pal, Justin Well. Justin, welcome back. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> you are our secession guy, and and uh and what we have here kind of amounts to an emergency session of welcome to the party pal we don't do this often we don't come in mid-season we've always you know looked at uh seasons in aggregate we've looked at movies at this whole like this is this show's too important to us uh we're five episodes into the session and you know we didn't want to feel you know uh, towards the end of the season we'd, we'd have a lot to chew on uh more than enough um, and so we figured to get things going, this is an episode dedicated to HBO Secession, episodes one to five of season three. Let's just get right into it. Uh, overall thoughts, Justin, what do you think of the season? So this season has led me basically down the path of either, you know, believing that I had a UTI, getting, <laughs> uh, you know, getting marooned out on some sort of island that I guess is like they had tuck it while getting, you know, walking down the wrong path. Or just breaking down crying in the server room of a TV network. Um, I, I'm just glad that, you know, I've retained control of my company, having, uh, you know, had to unfortunately give up a board seat and my use of private jets. But no, I mean, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm loving it. I, I feel like the, I was starting to think that after the fourth episode, um, I was like, are they really setting us up for something slow and like duping us? Mm-hmm. And then um, Sunday night, the, the board, you know, the, the board uh, vote slash, you know, shareholder vote episode. Yeah. Really uh, just, you know, had me hooting and hollering at my TV for about an hour. Um, just loving each one of these characters as they just show just how cravenly dumb all of them are. Like, that's my favorite part about yeah. it is like all of this intrigue mm-hmm. and you realize that it's being led by morons. That's, I mean, that's what's a scary thing. And it's telling if you look at it like satire, it is telling to some of these masters of the universe, these people who are kind of in control of themselves, control of things and have like their finger on these big things that affect so many people. And when you see that level of incompetence and you realize these are just some, some, you know, selfish people behind, you know, everything, it's pretty scary. I mean, I always think about people who have like these conspiracy theories about governmental, whether it's, um, you know, uh, what's the secret agency that people always talk about? The Illuminati or something like that or whatever. Just these bigger things, uh, bigger <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that would have worked. But um, just like, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I almost wish there was the, the people who had that had it together to the point where they were controlling things so aptly. Because a lot of times what we're dealing with is just these people who either fell into money or, or made money in a certain way that are in control of things and they are just not that capable And the Roy family from top to bottom, actually Logan, he's become uncapable. 
because of, uh, you know, his health and, you know, uh, mental and physical issues he's dealing with. But I mean, he's, he's been a shark the whole time, but the rest of the gang, it's pretty, it's, it's at the level of incompetency is pretty, pretty severe. I mean, there is perhaps the funniest, uh, cause like there's, there's levels of starkness that they go to with exactly how unreliable each one of the kid, each one of the Roy children are. Yeah. But my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is um, in the second episode, when you have Shiv, Connor, Roman, and uh, Kendall all in a room, when Kendall is trying to convince them to come with him, when Shiv calls Connor the uh, the uh, def- like the, the unflattened pancake, like you know the deformed first pancake that comes out of the batch when you're making pancakes, that's great. I mean, Connor is one, Connor Roy this season has been you know, so, you know we all have dreams. And, you know, you tell kids, you tell kids when they're younger, it's like one day you could be president. And it's a good thing to tell someone because like it gives them self-esteem. But like, you know, realistically, I think you should figure out probably by the age of like 13 that unless you're a complete and total sociopath, like that's not a realistic dream. But, you know, he's a man in his 50s and he's still got that dream. So like, you know what? Good for Connor. And in a way. Go on. He's the most he's the most self-realized one of them. I agree. I was actually I have something to say about that too, with uh that I'd like to get into as we kind of go through all the characters. Cause I think there's something there to what you're pointing towards. But just generally speaking, I feel like this, um, you know, I can't say what's happening moving forward, but it felt like a culmination of a kind of an arc that started on that boat. And this this kind of getting to the shareholders meeting and getting to this point where they get this deal was kind of i see it going in a different direction we've spent a lot of time on this and it's been very very fascinating but i i I, this this episode and you were texting me during it and i wasn't even able to watch it yet and just said goat episode and it's you're not wrong this was this 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 the way these heavyweights were going at it with logan falling apart it was it was absolutely captivating it was hilarious i mean the stress they put them into in this situation where this should have definitely all been figured out before this big event. The fact that they made it all made everything so tight and stressful within the event was flat out hilarious. This is comedic writing and it's its thing, having Frank stretch oh, things out. I mean, they're putting them in these situations and just, I mean, it's, you know, you can look at it. I do like to look at the, you know, business intrigue, but I mean, I'm here for the laughs and it's, it's just, it, they, these situations, they put them in this week. Uh, it was it was absolutely hilarious. Putting Roman on the phone with the president. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was uh, like that's, that's well, like, well, Jerry being like, if you can't get Logan, why wouldn't you at least get take Roman, who is bootleg Roman? Yeah, Lo- Logan. We bootleg Logan. Yeah. It's oh. So let's take a little let's take a little stock in and and where we stand. And the best way to do this, I believe, is through characters and. Um, you know, let's start with the kids. Cause I mean, episode two, and we'll run through the episodes in a little bit here too, as well. But, um, the kids have that meeting where they get together in a room. I thought that was really special. A lot of what I like about this too, it feels like a stage play at times and you get these great actors kind of going at it and, you know, everyone's kind of at the top of their game. It's a sight to see, but, uh, I think we should start with Shiv. Shiv was supposed to be, uh, you know, she was about to be put into a position of power, um, you know, uh, second episode, I believe, is kind of where, where things were happening. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive for her. And I think she's been like kind of um, 
dragged through the mud ever since then. And it's been really intense and, and, and kind of hard to watch it at some time. She's, she's had it really tough. I mean, to the point where it culminated and him embarrassing her after she kind of sealed this deal in a way that was unsatisfactory to Logan, uh, you know, the stop buzzing around me moment. Uh, but before that, she, this is one that's not going to be able to be lived down the rape me Nirvana moment. And, uh, and one of her speeches, which is unbelievable. It made me laugh my ass off. I shouldn't laugh at that, but it made me laugh my ass. It was, it was, it was played for laugh. I know, I know it's, 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 it's something you maybe not supposed to, but I mean, it's, it's actually, I like to look at, I watched that scene a couple of times because it was fun to watch Roman hide back a laugh in that when, when it started, because he, how do you not, you know, appreciate what his brother did there? But Shiv has had it tough lately. What do you think about what she's been through and her position um, moving forward? I mean, the easiest place to start with most of them is, and I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme. She's a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're looking for redemption in the show. I think that it's like, I, you know, you think about that with like, you try to find reasons to like them. I don't think that's the point here. There's no, I don't think, I don't think that any of these characters are redeemable and that's what makes Absolutely. it fun. Yep. But it's Definitely. like, it, it, you know what it is? They, because of the fact that it's comedy instead of like trying to do, um, you know, anti-hero prestige drama. The fact that all these characters are so irredeemable yeah. is what makes it work because you can't have some of these characters be likable and then laugh at them. Yep. Yes, definitely. Especially the way because, we're laughing at them. It's yeah, absolutely true. I um, Shiv is a person who believes in nothing. Yep. She constantly shows you that she believes in nothing. And her only real, like, push forward for anything is how does this help me? Yeah. Right. Like down to the fact that she's like, which the meeting with Lisa Alexander, when she goes to the, to the, to her office mm -hmm. and is trying to find a way to basically sit there and circumnavigate even her own father. Yep. For, for her own self-interest in a situation where like protecting Logan is actually the only thing that any of these kids can do that would outside Kendall, that would give them anything. Yeah, there the three, the other three, Connor, um, you know, Connor, Roman, and Shiv yeah, yeah. are all screwed without yeah. Logan. Kendall, Kendall, at this point is screwed regardless because he's. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there, but you me so you know. it's funny though because I mean Shiv, so many times when you know we step back and think about who should kind of take control, she seems like a logical answer, and at times you do see her have. Um, you know, the aptitude for it. I mean, when she had the meeting with um, one of the guys from ATN where she was trying to push them to kind of embarrass the president a little bit so that, you know, they can get some leverage there with the president when she, you know, that we don't get embarrassed moment, you know, she, she's yeah. a boss at times. She certainly is. And it's just, it's just hard to watch these pitfalls at times and, and you know, see, see her want something so bad and they all want something so bad that they're just not, able to really get their hands on for a variety of reasons. And, you know, watching these people pine for their father's affection, for, for his wealth, for, for that power that he wields is really, really hard at times. Let's go straight to Connor. I um, have one other thing I want to point out about shit. Absolutely. Quickly. Go ahead. You know, I've constantly said that Steve Bannon was the stupid person's impression of a smart person, <laughs> which I love. Yep. Shiv is the stupid person's impression of a smart ah, person. That's fa That's fascinating. That's fascinating. 
Yeah, because yeah. nothing that she actually ever does seems particularly well thought out, mm-hmm. but she still does it. Yeah, yeah, with zest too. She's yeah, exactly, yeah. very confidently. And sometimes it comes off very impressive, and sometimes not so much. More often, when it backfires, it really backfires. But it backfires for everybody else except for her. So I got to sen- play your own self-interest. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I got a sense that, uh, um, and I could be—I'm just kind of uh, guessing off, kind of like the previews for next week, and and a lot of like you know a lot of presidential phone calls kept happening in kind of increasing way, and I'm very intrigued in that. I, I'm actually something I'd love to see them talk about is the kind of um, interaction between presidential power. Uh, political power in general and and the media that the ATN represents and the wealth that is behind it. I, I'm fascinated about that. But for Connor, I have a feeling this swing into the political theater is going to push him further into the spotlight of the show. And I don't know, I, I, I don't want to take it so far, but like there's, there's a chance they go all in on that with him doing a presidential oh, yeah. run with, uh, I mean, I'm thinking about Don Jr. vibes and like, what someone in his in his position where he's kind of like you know in he's a Roy but he's a different kind of Roy and I would love I, I would absolutely love to see him get some more airtime uh with this with that uh theme that idea of the um move towards the you know him his presidential run I but I don't see it going well but I'd love to see it yeah, I mean, I would too. The other thing I really would have loved to have seen, though, would be a cooking show with him. <laughs> Go on. Like when they're, because when he's talking about how we can raise his profile, it's like, we'll give you a cooking or a lifestyle show. Oh, that's right. Which would be perfect for him because he's lazy as shit. Yeah. Like he's, like he's, he's lazy and he likes to drink a lot. But he, on the other hand, like him taking European cable for ATN also would be really funny. Like, <laughs> You could like, like you could see him just offending a bunch of Germans very easily. And I'm here for it all. I just, um, you know, just thinking about he, he obviously believes, not believes, he knows that he, has not, he hasn't done anything. That's why he was pitching yeah. for European Cable. The thing that's interesting in this age of politics that we live in, it doesn't matter. I, it's sad no, it to say that it doesn't matter that he's done nothing. He might, you know, you have a certain amount of wealth, you have a certain amount of notoriety, you know, it, it, you find some sort of way to, to get a movement behind you. And you know, that this guy could be the limit for a guy like Connor, or we could just have a cooking show. I think the cooking show would be more fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. So um, let's go. Uh, let's talk Roman. I, uh, I, I, the moment where he took that phone call from the president, I thought that was important. I thought when everyone looked to him and he was described as kind of, um, you know, a Logan Jr. What was the word you used the phrase? Bootleg. Jerry referred to him as bootleg Logan. I think it was I think it was telling to something that could be, um, you know, important moving forward where he is he is as cutthroat as Logan. He is, you know, uh, he's got killer instincts. He has no morals. He is, um, you know what also? He's always present. He's a proud Roy. You could see, yeah. I mean, there's times where Shiv has gone. She was working for that kind of like Bernie character for a little bit. Obviously, Kendall's going off doing his own thing. Connor, you know, kind of a loose cannon of his own. 
Roman is always present. He's there. So he's learning in some ways as much as he's, you know, um, seems, uh, you know, way over his head all the time. I mean, he's in there taking the knocks. He's learning it. Um, he has one thing that's going to hold him back, though. What's that? His humiliation fetish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. No, he's, I mean, there's, and I'm sure there's things out there, like they found the tattooed forehead. I'm sure you could find yeah. a whole oh, lot so of I'm so glad they found the tattooed forehead. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on there with Roman, but I just, you know, I, 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 I could almost see if, if, if it's written correctly and just with what we know about him, the, the rise of Roman happened at one point. I, I believe in that. What do you think about, his chances or where, where he stands um, in the season so far. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of funny how they've siloed Roman and Jerry together mm. because like, you're also, kind of, you're also hoping at points that they, that their relationship will finally cross over from, you know, his humiliation fetish across the bathroom door to something actual, which it never should, by the way. Yeah, I don't see it happen, but I think I think that never should because it's very fun. Is actually a good is is a well played, uh, is well played. Yeah, but it's just I love Roman's humiliation fetish. It's one of the best parts of his character, and I feel like that's the thing that can make his um you know his character kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. It's what makes him kind of funny. I I think that he probably is the one that actually will end up getting that particular job, which is kind of funny because he seems to also be the one who wants it the least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the others which are is not to say that he doesn't want. It. Yeah, which isn't to say he doesn't want it. He very, very clearly, like Definitely. one of them, very clearly does, and they're all very obviously annoyed at uh, Sandy and Stewie's, uh, you know, or Sandy and Sandy's assertion at the, you know, is, as part of a precondition for a deal that no, you know, they need veto power over a Roy on the board, and then basically, you know, Shiv just trying to find a way to cut Roman out of it by basically just ensuring that she's the one who gets a board seat. Mm-hmm. That's what's always what's always funny about it. But it's basically, yeah. you know, just there, you know, all of the Roy children being taken out of play. Yeah, it, it, it's it's then it's then like, how do they screw each, each, each one of them over? Roman seems to be the only one who doesn't seem to show an outward plan, which means that he probably has a he which. It just either either means that a he doesn't have a plan or b he has something that he's you know hiding, yeah. and knowing Roman because he is a bit more cunning and I think actually a bit um, more ruthless as we said. Ruthless, yeah. There's no way he hasn't thought about some sort of way to fuck over his siblings because that's what the Roy children are like. They don't actually like each other. They definitely yeah. don't love each other. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There's 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 hints of some things and, you know, I'm sure there's attachments that are, that, that are there in some ways, but they, I mean, well, that's something I think about a lot when I watch the the show is the kind of the tolerance of unkindness that they have. They, this, this language, they speak to each other, the way they speak to each other, it is so intensely cruel and they don't, it doesn't hit them as cruel all the time. I think, you know, when they talk to each other and they're really telling each other to fuck off and, and, and just every single way and just, all these like really funny one-liners, but they're really cruel stuff. It doesn't hit in the same way that I feel like it would happen if in, in anyone else's life. But when you do see, for example, at the end of that episode where, uh, you know, kind of Shiv released that letter to the people, it does hurt. They can hurt each other going outside the realms when they're sharing it, when they're sharing it out of balance, when things are in balance between them, it's just, that's just the way they talk to each other, which is crazy. But when it goes outside that realm, that's when they're crossing the line. 
Well, that's because I actually have a feeling or a theory on this, or maybe it's just how I'm seeing the characters. But I feel like Kendall's the only one of them who has the ability to and capacity for feeling love, which is why he is the one who is the biggest, Mm. you know, actual emotional mess of any of them. I think that makes sense. I think you're onto something there. Because like he, he, he's, he's, you know, this isn't a defense of Kendall Roy (laughs) in any possible way. He's a, you know, a relatively repugnant character. Sure. But like, with Roman and Shiv, it feels like they still think that they can get Logan's love and affection. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't completely broken them. Yeah, yeah. Same with Connor. Mm-hmm. Kendall knows he's never going to get it. He's known it for a long time. And his only option is to kill, kill his father, kind of figuratively and literally. Yeah, yeah. And... It's also why he's such a constant mess. Absolutely. No, that, that's a good point, too. I mean, it takes – you can see the up and down, and you can see him care. I mean, he said kill his father literally. It made me think of uh, the line uh, from Roman, you probably slipped in something, Putin, which is so, so good. Let's, yeah. let's take a deeper on Kendall. He's the last one we need to talk about. I, I, I keep thinking about this, and it's really wild to see him. I love that the episode one uh, C-session just uh, picked up right after where we were left off, put us right in that in, in the drama that was left off from, from his speech he made at the end of season two. But he chose a path towards, uh, towards power, which I think is in a completely misguided path towards the top, meaning that, you know, he's, he's looking at this new age of media and actually giving it more power than I think he's even there. Uh, he he keeps talking about tweets, whether it's the good tweets, bad tweets game, or or just <laughs> good any, tweet, bad any, tweet. <laughs> any anything you know, he's always watching himself on TV. He's looking to have these big viral moments over and over again, and I just think it's 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 really he's putting more power into something that's not there. I mean, Twitter does not get you the power ultimately. I mean, this is you're going up against. Um, it's basically his Twitter and grandstanding versus like the established power and, and the old ways where, you know, they basically, they have their finger on the media. They are, you know, they control the media, they control, heck, they're still just, you know, making money off the stock money and oil and gas and all the old ways. And that power isn't unseated through viral moments. And it it might even be something that you can't unseat or just like, you know, it's not to get cynical, but I mean, that's a, there's a real true power against what he's trying to do. And it's just these, this, this new wave of, of, you know, having a big moment or, or, or you know, it, it just, it's not going to work. It's not working. If, if cynically ratioing people on Twitter could actually enact social change, yeah. the world would, the, like, the world would actually be in its completed communist form already. Yeah. But absolutely. it doesn't, so... It does. The, and, the old way is, is still winning. It's still, I mean, you can see it in the, in the confidence and, and look, I mean, think about the arrogance of you make a deal. And I know he was kind of out of it for, for the deal, kind of having a mad King moment, King Lear uh, uh, situation there. But like to think that like, hell, we made this deal. Now let's figure out how, you know, whatever, it, that really doesn't matter. We'll figure out how to power through and do what we want anyways. I mean, that's, that's the old way of thinking. That's what he's always done. 
And, you know, it's, it's when you have that sort of money and so that sort of power, it's probably going to work out for him. Yeah. It's just also, he, like the rest of them, comes up, tries to do things and doesn't really come up with a plan. Yep. The only one in that family who can actually do that is Logan. Yeah. And that's because Logan actually exudes power and confidence Mm -hmm. and the rest of them are losers. Yeah. No question about it. Let's, uh, let's, let's do one. That's not family. We have to talk about Greg. We have to talk. I mean, sort of is family he yeah yeah I, did, I didn't mean to not say family i meant um of the immediate family there yeah um because i gotta tell you i actually was having some weird thoughts and predictions i might have even mentioned last time we did uh, uh we did the end of secession season two our recap of that where i thought things might be going in a way where we could see a different side of greg at some point i was kind of predicting maybe he would kind of um you know, I don't know if I was thinking the nativity that he was exhibiting was kind of a false nativity or or that he would grow quickly with with his new uh, power and his new role with working with Kendall at, that we saw at the end of two. But I am completely wrong at this point that he could be anything. I mean, he has painted himself in the craziest of corners, you know, concerning everybody. I mean, even when, you know, uh, Ewan is is you know uh can i sue my grandfather i mean you know he wants to sue greenpeace now i mean look at look at the level that greg is in i mean kendall's telling him that um you know he's 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 gonna put him in an awful situation doesn't know how bad it's gonna be uh it's just he he he's in the tightest spot and i actually thought it might have gone a different way but it didn't i mean he's 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 kind of fucked oh yeah and it's hysterical I mean, it is funny. I, I, I was a big fan of the uh, the watch. Ordeal. Yeah, I mean, he's always been self conscious about his wrist, so that would help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, but dying. it's also like Kendall's not going to buy him a forty thousand dollar watch, <laughs> and you're le- and like, or like when the lawyer comes to his door and he's asking his friend who's in law school, like, "What do I do?" Yeah, like it's the beauty of Greg is. Should I call that, my teacher? She says, "Yeah." It's like he, he he has literally no idea what he's doing and he really has no idea where he's gotten to or why he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can't really discuss him without also discussing, you know, his platonic life partner, Tom. Yes. Another one in a real tight spot. I mean, he's 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 walking. Have you, re- have you ever read the prison blogs? UTIs. He's, he's, he was shopping prisons at one point. Yeah. Have you ever read the prison blogs? Yeah, have you read the prison blogs? I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, the two of them are, like, their biggest fears ending up in prison. Like, yeah, like when Kendall brings uh, Greg in, he's like, I might have to burn you. Yeah. Yeah. He was giving it to him straight. It was yeah. it was it was disturbingly like uh, just, you know, on. I was it was it was wild. I, I, like, yeah, he, like I, his Greg is so kind of relatable. I think that's why a lot of like like us. He just feels like someone who's thrown into this madness. And he's just been trying to, to you know, uh, adapt and, and find his way in it, and he just can't. And it's it, it's, you know, relatable in a lot of ways, and it's it's tough. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like I want your your mother's like I want you to go work for your uncle, and like for a lot of people, that's like you know, you go work for your uncle, and like you know, maybe he's like you know, owns a car dealership or something. He's about electric. Or, he's electrician. Yeah, or like he's an electrician. Or, you yeah. know, or, and, and like. It said, it's like, you know, I want you to go work for your uncle who is 
uh, an anodyne for fucking Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, and getting pulled right into the inner circle. I mean, he he's seen the inner inner. I mean, he was on the boat. You know, if you're on that boat, you're you were a big part of it. And he could be thrown thrown to the wolves. What um, what do you think about you and Roy's Roy's um appearances during this? He's I mean, I I love James Cromwell. I love that there's a, a you know that this there's kind of um antithesis to to logan in in you and roy he's a he's a fun character to me he is a fun character and i also like that they brought peter regard in too great um so great i i sat next to peter regard on an airplane for on an airplane for five and a half hours once did you know it was san francisco to new york yeah i i I mean like i didn't bother him but i was sitting next to him yeah because i was just like also just drew a blank on his name for about four of those hours and didn't (laughs) want to be like I loved you as Boone in Animal House. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can be, especially these days. He can be pretty unassuming. You know, he, I'm sure he could slide in, sliding, and and I bet I bet not everybody on that plane knew who he was. No, no. I mean, that's why he was also, you know, he was sitting coach on a flight from San Francisco to New York. I mean, wasn't exactly trying. And I don't think he was. I think he was trying to just fit in. Slash, you know, I don't think he probably views himself as a celebrity. He's a character actor. Yes. A really good one. I was going to say, absolute hell of a one. So at this point in the season, uh, touch more than halfway through, um, who is your MVP? And I mean this in any way, uh, just who you're enjoying or who's like being the boss. You can take that question any way you want, but who is your MVP for this season right now? Um, My MVP is Hugo because there's a lot of work for a PR person to have to do. No, I mean, you, Heavy I think they've, they've built Hugo's character up quite a bit this season. Yeah, I actually do think definitely. that the triumvirate of Hugo, Frank, and Carl are hysterical. Along, throw Jerry in there, too. The yeah. people who actually have to operate the, ma- the madness that is the Roy family. Definitely. Um, none of them are necessarily per se the MVP, because I think the MVP of this season is going to continue to be the, uh, the daddy issues of, uh, of, of, of Kendall towards Logan, right? That to me is the, that to me is the plot line that still can go the furthest because I don't buy that. That's the last communication that Kendall and Logan will ever have. Right. Yeah. yeah. Blocking his number and deleting it. Nope. No that, way. There's no way. Cause that, that you know, you might move, well cancel show if you're going to do it's that. A big telling move, but it's definitely not the end right there. Yeah. But I, I do think going back to my the other point though, I think yep. I do think that the work that and the heavy lifting that you go, you know, Frank, Carl, and Jerry all have to do mm-hmm. is kind of remarkable. I do think it's funny how much they've just put like this show really touches heavily on the concept of the Peter principle. And the only person who's the only two people who still don't seem like they've been promoted past their point of incompetence are kind of Frank and Hugo. Yeah, but Frank's starting to because like Carl is a moron. That's mm-hmm. the beauty. That's the that's the the yep. funny part of it. Yep. And like Jerry, Jerry's not capable of being the CEO of a major corporation. She mm-hmm. is a non. She, she is a lawyer who lacks in most forms of charisma. Yep. And yep. like she's there to not upstage anybody and to also be a convenient fall person. Definitely. And yeah, I mean it's. She that's where they are, really, I think really my, well within that system, I think, though. Yeah, she does. Yeah, you know, you're right. Every, was, every team needs every team needs a backup point guard. Definitely, I think that 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 grouping you said is something that intrigues a lot of people. Just like kind of just like Greg, these other people who are navigating this 
family and you're not only dealing with the intense business dynamics that come with working with with the company but also this intense dynamics of dealing with these this crazy crazy family and you know they 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 do it for a reason they want the piece of their pie but i mean it's got to be got to be crazy and mine is um uh it's roman i just the lines that he's spewing week in and week out just from um this week you know he was uh, he was talking about great voting Let's throw it open to the retired janitors of Ohio, uh, Idaho, Idaho. <laughs> which is, I mean, which was the title of the thing. He talks about how, um, you know, so the news is tomorrow we're all going to look for jobs at the same branch of uh, Target. Oh, and then uh, all his lines about um, about Sandy being kind of like a vegetable. Can I say a vegetable? Um, how do I know he's not your meat puppet he was talking about? And also the way he was telling his father about Sandy's condition. I mean, it's really, it's really rough. Uh, it's that that Sandy thing was crazy too. With the uh, having um, his daughter Sandy as well, played by Hope Davis, who's incredible, kind of talked to him too. Again, speaking of the incompetence and just the weirdness of these people in power, um, I love. Uh, I mean, that to me, that to me, there was like you know, obviously one of the the biggest pieces of cheap heat you can do in any form of comedy right yeah. now is make fun of the fact that. Um, the U.S. is a country that's run by sclerotic, accepted, septuagenarians and octogenarians. Yep. And like they managed to do it in the best possible way with a guy who can only talk to his daughter by whispering yep. in a wheelchair, yep. and a guy experiencing a UTI who is basically going through like pain-induced dementia because he didn't take his meds. And they're and like you know they basically Shiv and Roman trying to be like, once they figure this out, like can you cattle prod him? back into being him yeah. like, it's, i mean it's deep and scary satire about the state of things i mean it's 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 another roman line is it's kind of nice to know that we can puppet master the whole american republic project project um all around and and just like it's 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 not wrong it's they're not wrong making these 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 this commentary about you know what's happening and that being so self-aware that Roman was about what they were doing was really intense. And, and, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see it, see what that means moving forward. Um, them having a bigger stake and, and I, I just hope they keep widening the lens a little bit and pulling out from, we've been real tight on this moment. I'd love to see it back up a little bit, but one more line, which just killed me from Roman was uh, uh, first they came for, for the PJs. And I said nothing about him about to, them losing the private jets. The thing. private jets. Yeah. I mean, using using a line which is such a deep, uh, you know, uh, poignant line in, in in a social justice movement to talk about private jets. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's why this show's brilliant. It yeah. decided that it's going to make fun of literally everything, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, does it well. Does it really? really well any thoughts really, about really where well. we're going i mean we're just halfway through um any thoughts about what what uh what could happen here i want to say that someone's going to prison mm. but these are all rich people so my prediction yeah. is that nobody's going to prison other than that i really want to i i don't want to try to you know i i feel like it's gonna now be okay what's what's logan what, what does kendall have what's logan what's logan afraid of and is you know one of the things that I think they're leading towards is, is Kendall going to have to out himself for killing a waiter and Logan having it covered up? 
Like, yeah. is that is that how he's going to have to take him down? Is there going to be an act of self-sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to actually be that, you know, Kendall's actually going to show himself to be as, you know, completely and totally immoral as mm-hmm. the rest of these, as the rest of them. Cause like right now, you know, Kendall's really like doing some gross shit. Yeah. With using, you know, rapes and rape victims to try yeah. to make a case, but absolutely at yeah, the same gross. time, it's gross. It's absolutely yeah. gross. It's really cynical. It, it's yep. cynical. And he's doing it to wrest control of a company, not actually for any belief that, you know, yeah. Rape is wrong. No, Wokahantis. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's two kind of elephants in the boardroom that are lingering over this whole thing. And it's that uh, you mentioned it perfectly that, you know, they brought the security guard back in episode three, which is called the disruption to kind of let Kendall know that that thing is still there. His murder is still real. It can definitely be uncovered. This is this is a big thing that can linger on. And I'm curious to see if that comes up again. I have a I have a it has to will. I believe it has to as well. And then the other thing is, I mean, we saw Logan's health um, mentally and physically deteriorating a major way this thing, but this is not new since episode one, his health and, and, you know, what that means to the family and to the company has been at the core of this or just lingering above the entire time. And that's just something that, that, you know, I hope I want, I really, really need Logan to be a part of the show. The entire time, I just the character is just too, too good. It's too good. Acting is too good. I don't want to see it come to a demise or anything. But his uh, his health is a big thing moving forward. I am moving forward. I'm so excited to see um, how ATN the more the, the political aspects come into it. I also I want to mention this to you before we go here. Um, they mentioned at one point how uh, ATN had to animate their logo because it was starting to burn into people's TVs. And I think you had something in your family at one point with a, a similar logo like that. was Yeah, like the TV it. in my parents' kitchen has the Fox News insignia burned into the corner of it. It's, like uh, if you change the channels when it's on a black screen, uh-huh. like while it's, it's on, still there, you, can't right? see it, you can't see when it's off, but if like when it's on, if you change the channels, so if there's like the small bit of backlighting, like the Fox News insignia is just burned into the corner. It's fucking, it's traumatizing for me. It's, like, you know, obviously my political beliefs don't, you know, flow down that particular path. And yeah, it, it's one of those things where I'm just like trying to, you know, watch a baseball game from my, my parents' house and, uh, you know, terrible. three, two count. And then the pitch goes through the X in Fox. Yeah. I thought of you the minute that popped up, but I'm excited. I'm, oh yeah. No, you know, I, I, I very much uh, understand that. Yeah, so I um I've enjoyed every minute of it. Part of me though is excited to move a little bit past this deal and move forward. And I feel we're going to, but it's been tons of fun, and um it's a lot of fun uh, uh, talking about it with you, Justin. I appreciate your time, and uh you'll be back in after uh, the rest of these episodes, right? Absolutely. Great. So, I wouldn't uh, miss it for the world, my friend. Excellent. So thank you everybody out there for joining some uh, joining this party once again. And fuck off. This podcast is in the loop. 
the Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.